This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And your time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. I'm Ad Two from the South Side of Chicago. I'm an MC slash poet slash social activist slash family big brother type guy. Yeah, <laughs> These motherfuckers fucking talking that comeback shit like they cooking crack. Shit, I ain't fronting. All I want my pockets green like slum chains. You know what I'm saying? Front the road, we roll back like rubbers, motherfucker. For real, with no trace of age, we keep our pockets fully blown. Rockefeller click, nigga. Hey, yo, we patting down pussy from Sugar Hill to the Shark Bar. Fuck a bitch, D in the mud. The first song I chose was Bring It On by Jay Z off of his album Reasonable Doubt. Back in, I want to say, 95, 96, was a crazy time growing up. Like, I grew up in the west part of Inglewood, almost like the Marquette area. It was a rough neighborhood, but at the same time, we still had good days. Around that time, that's when life started kind of changing for me. Things started to take a darker turn, where it was like, okay, the people we used to laugh at who were, you know, the crackheads, started becoming people we knew. The type of violence that we thought were just happening to people who we didn't know or didn't have names to, it started hitting home. Like, my friend, he was shot, and this was in fifth grade. We're, what, 12, 13 years old. You know, I'm thinking, like, this stuff shouldn't happen to us. It should be happening to other people who we don't know. At this time, while we're seeing all these different things, I didn't have a way to channel it. These things were just being internalized. And the unfortunate part was, I thought that was how everybody lived. At that time, I was going to Marquette. I was going to Marquette Branch. <laughs> I met a couple people and I was like, oh, you guys don't duck in front of windows too? But I would get a ride from my neighbor because my neighbor used to see that I would walk home every day and I had to walk through all these different gangs and I have different pathways that I chose to avoid them or if I seen them on this side of the street, I'll walk an extra block down and then cut around. And he said, you know what? Even though I got to pick up my little sister from a different school, I'll pick you up. So Rashid started picking me up, and every day he would play tapes. And on these tapes, he would play hip hop. of a young Bobby De Niro spent Spanish wisdoms in a whip with De Niro crime organized like the Pharaoh I was listening to hip-hop but I never really listened to hip-hop I never quite you know it was just like oh I like crisscross oh I like whatever they have on the box but then he would play things that weren't on the videos and they weren't censored either and I was like oh man this is the stuff that my mom doesn't like me listening to 
they just so happened to be like one day while he had his sister and my other friend, we all in the back seat and his girlfriend was in the front seat. He's playing Reasonable Doubt. And then the whole tape was good, but then it got to this song called Bring It On. And I just stopped. Like everything around me just stopped. Like I felt it. Like I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like I'm telling the, his sister, like, hey, hey, stop, 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 stop talking to me real quick. Let me listen to this. And what he was saying and the way he was rhyming, that's what registered with me. I was like, I haven't heard anybody do this. This sounds like poetry. And the way he's talking about it, it's a level of difficulty in it. And even if I wrote a rap, like up until then, I thought like I could write something like they did. But I heard that and I was like, no, I don't know how to do that. I don't even know what all these words means. Like he'd start out and he said, mannerisms of a young Bobby De Niro. I spit Spanish wisdoms in a whip with De Niro. Crime organized like the Pharaoh. I cream, I diamond gleam, I post like Hakeem. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. Niggas wanna try to hem my long jeans. Uptown fiend for Jay-Z to appear on the scene. In the meanwhile, his son dope for y'all to lean. Liaison for days on end. Money make the world go around, so we made some to spend. Can I live there dough with my next dividends flow? Like the Mississippi rib looking jig. Can't do for dolo. Had to turn away when Tony killed Manolo. That's real. Mixed feelings like a mulatto. Thug thought he was OG Bobby Johnson. I played him like Benny Blanco. Mono a mono, you ain't ready. I find no trigger straight up shoot my guns horizontal. Get your weight up. I am 2.2 pounds. You're barely 125 grams. Wouldn't expect y'all to understand this money. Do the knowledge. Do the few dollars. I'm due to demolish. Cruise Brooklyn through Hollis to a hood near you. Cut the fuck. It was something about Jay-Z's voice that just cut through all the noise. It sets this mood to me. It sets this tone to me. It's like Jay's almost just telling you life, but it's still like he's finessing it. Like he's he's doing it with ease. He's like, yo, I'm tell you what I want to tell you. I'm giving you life right now. And I'm doing it in a clever way, but at the same time, I'm doing it like it's nothing. And that's what I think it was was amazing too. It's like the beat. There's nothing complicated about the beat. It's a loop. It's like it's it's just that. So it leaves it open for you to do whatever you want. And the way he takes control of it and kind of just steers this this whole course. It's like wow, wow. You didn't let the track dictate where you're going with this you did whatever you wanted to and then gave it back like it's nothing did you hear what i just did like his last words is what the fuck like like he says it like wow did you hear what i just told you Money is power, I'm energetic with facial credit, pure platinum fetish, with cheddar spread lettuce, you both get deadish, I make moves that remove pebbles out of shoes, you suck pistol like pipe with the crystal, John Stockton couldn't assist you, convoys of business like we filing in the UN, so what the fuck you doing, whatever nigga, farfic nougat, rugged get polished, banking dollars with the commas, banging bitches out the Bahamas, on hides of llama, we cry nada, not father, these things started to, to hit me while I was like every day, I was like man, can you play that one song? I didn't even know what the name of it was. I was like, can you play that one song? And he skipped through. He was like, no, not that one. Play the other one. And every time I heard it, it gave me the same feeling. And I thought, if I can do that, then maybe I can give somebody that same feeling that that song just gave me. 
and it tripped me out because ever since then I felt like I've been chasing that, chasing that feeling. That one rhyme that stops somebody's life completely and make them want to do what you do. I sold it all from crack to OPM and third person, I don't want to see him. So I'm rehearsing with my people how to GM from a remote location in the BM, scoping the whole situation like Of the entire album, front to back. I'm not sure if I'd say it's my favorite hip-hop album of all time because there's a couple of them that's up there like College Dropout and B. But that one, to me, it, it summed up where I was in life. It summed up this idea of trying to be greater than what you are. He was talking about being greater than being just a regular hustler because there were people who were gangster rappers and kind of emulating this, this mafioso type of lifestyle, but he was talking about it in a remorseful way. And growing up, that's what I felt. I felt that there were certain things that me and my friends knew we had to do to get by. But sometimes I felt like I was the only one with a conscience about it. It was like, that ate me alive that we were running around stealing from the stores. We all started to kind of get into this thing where everybody was drug dealing. Everybody was. And I didn't want to be out in the corners because I was scared. I was scared to death about it because my friend had just died from it. Another friend got shot before I could even get a chance to see a good side. Everybody was involved in some way, and the way I was involved, unfortunately, was I would store it at my house. I would have it in a laundry bag. And my friends, he know that his mother, his, his apartment was tight. So his mom would go through all of his stuff, so he couldn't have it there. So he'd give it to me. He said, you got a little bit more space at your house, and your parents are not going to be on you as much. I said, all right. I'm looking at his mother. She says, hey, Andre, how you doing? I'm just fine, Miss Cooley. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing just fine. You would realize that she doesn't know that you're helping her son to live a lifestyle that she doesn't want him to. You're enabling this. You used to hold me, told me that I was the best. Anything in this world I want, I could possess. All that made me want is all that I can get in order to survive. Gotta learn to live with regrets. When I was young, you used to hold me, told me I was the best. Anything in this world I want, I could possess. All that made me want is all that I can get in order to survive. Gotta learn to live with regrets. By myself reminiscing, remember this one. When he was here, he was crazy nice with his son. I miss him. Long as I'm living, he's living through memories. I'm a very spiritual person, man. Like when the spirit starts talking to you and you know you're wrong. It's just like, man, what are you going to do? Are you gonna change? Are you gonna stand up? Are you what are you gonna do? Cause you you're at this fork in the road. Either you keep going this way, you know where it's gonna lead you. So are you going to stop while you can? But then how do you survive? How do you go on? Knowing that you're isolated now. Now you're the cat who, who's not cool with everybody because you're too good. Oh, you're better than us. But I'm not. So it was a, it was a crazy thing to try to teeter, align to say like, all right, I'm not good, but I'm not bad. How do I weigh it out? How do I justify this? How do I look at myself in the mirror and be okay with myself? I wasn't quite happy with the person that I was being. 
and I felt like I had to hide it sometimes. I had to tell my parents, no, I'm, I'm okay, I don't do that. Knowing as soon as they turn their back, I'm doing just as much as they're doing. I'm around the same stuff, cracking on the same people who we shouldn't be laughing at. Knowing things about people who I should be telling, but I'm not. It's just like, all right, well, what you gonna do? You, you kind of messed up both ways. Either you damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think that's why that album is so important to me because it felt like he was in the same place. Like it says, bring it on if you think you can hang. When I look at life, it's going to be a lot. It's like, you know, it's gonna throw all sorts of craziness at you. If you can keep up with this, what Chicago throws at you, as crazy as Chicago is, if you can keep up with this, just bring it on. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, when everything started to kind of get hectic, I started rapping. One of my friends in particular, his name was Jeremy. He started to push me. He'd say, everywhere we went, we got a freestyle. It's lunchtime. He's like, we got a freestyle. We're in the hallway. We got a freestyle. I'd be talking to a girl. He'd be like, hey, come on. It's time to freestyle. And I'm like, oh, God, can we stop <laughs> rapping for a minute? I know the next day I got to be prepared in some way to have some line that's going to just make them all go crazy. So I will go home and write. a couple of books to the studio today, man. I found these shits up in the crib, man, in boxes, man. I don't even remember... When I was writing these shits or what's in these shits, man, probably a bunch of bullshit. You know, fuck it. Check it. How can I trust you when I can't trust me? Picture myself an old man, a OG. Some niggas will conversate with liars all day. Time passes. Nah, let me start something else. At first, it was just writing to impress people. But then I started writing for things that it didn't have anything to do with impressing anybody. It was talking about what I was going through. It's like, all right, well, man, I'm getting into it with my parents. Well, let me just piece this down. Man, my uncle passed. And my great-grandmother passed. My aunt, she passed. It was things like that where I didn't have a way to express myself. But writing seemed to be the best way. I was really introverted as a child. By nature, I didn't like sharing a lot. So writing became the crutch for me because if I say something to my parents, my parents would have a reason for why I shouldn't feel that way. If I tell my older brother, my older brother doesn't want to hear it because he's like, I don't have time for you. I can't tell my little brother because he doesn't understand it. So there's no other place for anything to hear what I'm going through except this page. Hey, tell me whatever. Whatever you got on your mind, just say it. Nobody else has to know it. Just say it. And it became like therapy. It was the psychiatrist that I always needed. All the things that I was going through, all the things I was seeing, the things that I couldn't make sense out of. I was like, all right, now I can understand why this is happening, especially during the negative things that I was assisting. It allowed me to look at those things and say, all right, I understand why you do it. 
but you have to be bigger than that. The situation happened where I didn't have to physically make the decision myself. Because they started getting into trouble. And I wasn't there. And they were getting separated from me. My best friend to this day. He had been in jail the whole entire time I was in like junior high to high school. Like he got out my senior year. I would go up to 26 in California to go visit him until he got moved. And he would write me and we'll visit each other and he'll tell me, don't do it. Like this ain't the way to go. This isn't where we should be. In my back of my mind, I was like, thank you. This is, this is the easiest way out. Now I don't have to make that decision because you're telling me. And I said, if this is going to be the thing that I can use to help me rationalize my life, then let it be my ticket to something further. Let this be the reason I get out of here. Let this be the reason that I, I can make something out of myself. And let this be the thing that gives me hope to be someone better than what I see and what I know. Maybe I am greater than what I think. Maybe I can be a superhero. Maybe I can be Batman again. Maybe this is the thing that empowers me. And it was. I went to Luther South, <laughs> which might tie into, I think it ties into corners actually, because this became like a pivotal time in life because growing up in Chicago at first, you know, like, like we was talking about earlier, you think that this is how everybody lives. There were things that I didn't know other people didn't see or wasn't exposed to until I got older. In high school, I became more aware of certain differences. We catch the bus, and I'm actually looking at the city. I'm able to assess things differently. Through rap, I was able to get this consciousness about myself and about the environment that I didn't have. I got a chance to be able to kind of look at everything from down to how Chicago is segregated in so many different ways. Like one race, you know when it's going to be all blacks, then once it crosses a certain number, it becomes all Hispanics. Then you cross like maybe you get to like the 20s, it becomes Chinatown. Then you go back, it's downtown, so you get maybe a little bit of mixture, but mostly it's white, and up north it's white. So I was looking at that. I was able to see it from my eyes. I was like, man, this is like lines, like lines that are kind of like physically driven into Chicago as if people can't cross them and live there. The gangs was, it was almost the same way. Coming up, it was like we knew at a certain point, oh, we can't go here. 
Man, we getting ready to go to this part. No, I don't know if we can go over here. Hey, man, before you go out, yo, go change your hat. Go change your clothes. No, you can't. No, we're not riding in the car together if you're going to be wearing all this black and red. It was things like that. And I think that's why that song is so important to me because it sums up the life. It sums up Chicago. The corner with struggle and grief fight. We write songs about wrong because it's hard to see right. Look to the sky hoping it will bleed like reality's a bitch and I heard that she fights the corner. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. Our music, our politics, fires raised as tribal dances and war cries broke out on different quarters. Power to the people, black power, black is beautiful. Black church services. He's talking about everything in the sense that uh, we're able to relate to it because a lot of it is not six degrees of separation. A lot of the stuff is like one degree. When we talk about family members on drugs, like that's one degree for me. We've all know somebody. And unfortunately, like, to tell a, a, a tale is this deeper than that, like, my uncle used to leave me at crack houses with him, man. Like, that was, he used the, hey, you're my favorite nephew crutch to borrow money and then take me over there and drop me off over there. And he'd be upstairs, gone for hours, comes back later out of his mind, just hyped, like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And I'm like... Okay, you know, just let me put my seatbelt on. <laughs> he, he pulls off and drives me back home, and you know, my mom's crying and, and upset. And so, like, these are the things that was here. Like, gang culture was not far fetched. It was like something that was, to me, I thought every place had it. That's what I, I was under the impression of. Struggle wasn't far off. It was like, man, we all went through it. So, we don't condemn it. It is what it is. We love it for its good, bad, and ugly. And like I think when he starts out, like memories on corners with the foes and the moles, like there's two gangs, you know, like the four corner hustlers and the moles. He said, walking to the store for the rolls, talking straightforward to hoes, got uncles that smoke and some put blow up their nose to cope with their lows. The wind is cold and it blows in the socks and they soles, they hold in their rolls, Corners leave souls opened and closed, hoping for more, where nowhere to go, where they rolling in droves. They shoot the wrong way because they ain't knowing they go. The streets ain't safe because they ain't knowing the cold. By the foes, I was told, either focus or foe. Got cousins with flows, hoping open some doors so we could cop clothes and roll in a rose. Now I roll in a O's, a Oldsmobile, with windows that don't roll. In they socks and they souls, niggas holding they rolls. Corners leave souls open and closed, hoping for more with nowhere to go. Niggas rolling in droves, they shoot the wrong way, cause they ain't knowing they goes. The streets ain't safe, cause they ain't knowing the cold. By the foes, I was told, either focus or fold. Got cousins with clothes, hope they open some doors so we can got clothes and roll in the rolls. Now I roll in the O's with windows that don't roll. Down the roads where cars get broken and stole. These are the stories told by Stony and Cottage Grove. The world is cold. The block is hot as a stove. Like that, that sums up so much. So much. Because it's like you get the aspect of where your family tree is. 
Like these are your family, your friends, the things that you have to see. And it tells you how it makes you feel. So in they socks and they soul, they hold in the roll. So like you're holding your your money or you maybe hold drugs in your socks. Like some people, depend on what it was, like they may have some money rolled up in their socks. They used to have, some people also used to carry drugs in their socks. Man, he's like, corners leave souls opened and closed. To me, it shows you the dynamic of what the street life can do to you. And not just street life, but just being in here. Like being in Chicago, you see so much. Kids are exposed to so much before what they actually should have to see these things. Like before they can really actually grasp it or understand it. They have to deal with these issues that not a lot of people even understand as adults. And so when you're trying to move forward past that, it's a battle because you're like, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to understand these things? There's nobody here to explain them. Even down to the most hood person in Chicago, there's a level of consciousness that they have. There's a level of intelligence that they have. Like they're not just as ignorant as some people would like to make them be like, oh, you're just a thug. Like, no, if you get a chance to actually talk to the thugs, you'll see actually how smart they are. You know, it's just they're applying that logic to the wrong thing. Problem is, is they're not exposed to other options. Like, nobody else has seen anybody else make it out of here, so it's like, oh, that's not an option. The only options I see are in front of my face, but if you see it, you actually could get money doing other things, and you can stay out of jail too. They're like, oh, okay, that's why so many of them want to rap. Because it's been shown that it can work. I heard rumors, they said, hey man, you know Common used to go here, right? And I was like, nah, nah, he can't go here. Nobody came out of Luther South. Nothing comes out of Luther South. It was so weird just to be like, oh man, something good came out of Luther South? And I didn't believe it was true until like my senior year where he sent us tickets. He said, whoever wants to come out to this event can come out. Like Luther South is invited. Nobody wanted to go. Nobody wanted to go. Like, nah, I'm not wasting my Saturday doing that. I'm not going to go to a cultural center at all. But I was one of the dudes who did. I went ahead. I had this big rhyme book. It's a it's this thick rhyme book that I carried with me. And I sat there. I waited till the event started. I was the earliest person there. Nobody else was at the place at the time. I sat down on this bench. And they thought I was a part of the help. Like, the people who walked in and said, hey, go out, go pick up some of these boxes so that these other people can have t-shirts. I'm just doing it because I don't know who's who. I go out, I bring the boxes in, and I'm standing in the room, and Common walks in, and Kanye walks in. And this is like right when college dropped, I was getting ready to drop. So to me, I'm bugging out, and I had this big rhyme book, and then Com turns around and says, what's that? And I was like, man, that's my rhyme book. He said, wow, man. That's crazy. Yay, look at this, man. And he was like, wow, all oh, that's you? And I was like, yeah, man, that's all I do is write. He's like, yo, that's dope, man. That's dope. Keep what you're doing. 
And then the other guy who was in the room who got me to even lift up the box was like, all right, all right, all right, everybody get out the room. Y'all get out of here. To me, that was... Slow. It's in this the happened. pocket like Wallace. I got the bounce like hydraulics. I can't call it. I got the swirl like alcohol. My freshman year, I was going through hella problems. Still, I bit up the nerd to drop my ass about a call. My teacher said I was a loser. I told her, Why don't you kill me? I give a fuck if you feel me. I'm gonna follow my heart. And if you follow the charts or the plaques or the stacks, you ain't gotta guess who's back. You see, I'm so shy that you thought I was bashful. But this bastard's flow will bash your skull. And I will. I went to, uh, Valparaiso University in Indiana. Good old Valpo. It's the first time I've been around an a, a institution. It was a, it was a mostly predominantly white university. First time in my life. It's culture shock like a motherfucker. When I went there, I was thinking to myself, I was like, this is nothing like they said in the pamphlet. They said diversity. Where's this at? Exactly. Like, you have now become that, you know? Like, I didn't realize that. I was like, I thought it was more than that. Like, it was new to me. It was new. That was the first time I actually was aware of my race that much. That was the first time I felt inadequate. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Everybody is so much smarter than me. And, and I felt like it was legitimately true. Like, I was like, you know what? Even though I graduated in, like, the top 5% of my class... I was like, I can't keep up with these people at all. Like, they put me in a remedial math class, man. Like, they was like, this is the lowest math class you can get. <laughs> and even that, I was like, uh, I don't know about this, you know? So, I honestly felt like I was dealt a bad hand coming into it. Like, I felt like I wasn't prepared. I felt like school prior to this didn't really get me prepared to be in college or to sustain it you know like I was like all right I got here but can I stay here night I got out there I sat on this bench and I just was looking up at the sky for the longest and this one of my friends on the floor like it's a couple of them they came up and said hey what are, what are you doing Dre man you know you've been outside for a while man we getting ready to go back upstairs and I was like nah man I was like you see this and they was like what and I was like the stars man like you see the stars and he was like yeah stars like we, we see them before and I was like I was like no man I was like they're clear like you can see all of them like there's like a million of these out here I was like you know in the city all I see is like maybe two and the moon the city smoke clouds so much and it's something that you never really notice like up until that point I was like I've never seen it that way I've never seen it that way I've never been able a chance to be silent and not hear anything we used to have a game that we used to play when, when we had relatives come over. And we'd say, I guarantee you at any time when you when you stop talking, everybody be silent, I guarantee you're going to hear the ambulance. Like you're going to hear sirens of some sort. And all the time, like clockwork, we'll be like, all right, all right, everybody stop. Be like, <laughs> like, you hear it, you know what I'm saying? And so to not actually hear that at all, at all, weird to me. Stuff like that 
to let you know that we we were definitely being deprived of a certain level of peace that I think everyone should enjoy at some point in their lives. That you should be able to have that type of calm in your life that you may not get it all the time, but at least to experience it just once. And Valparaiso gave that to me. My uncle always told me, he said, you're not meant to be the same person. He's like, if you're gonna go out there, change. Change for the better. I left Chicago where it was. Like, I remember everything that got me here, and I would share a lot of those stories with people out in, you know, with my professors or in the classes, we'll have these debates, and I'd share certain things with them. But I realized that that was there. And once I got here, it's like, don't bring all that baggage with you. I'm seeing things for a reason. And maybe I, instead of fighting it, need to just let it happen. Because I always believe God doesn't make mistakes. And when he does show you certain things, when he puts you in a certain position, sometimes we have to calm our human minds and let our spirituality come through and says like, all right, let me step out. Let me look at why you have me here. And I realized so much about myself. I, I, my anger changed because I didn't have anything to be angry about. You know, when you're surrounded by that struggle and that hurt and that pain, it's easy to be mad at the world. But then, when you're away from it, it's like, why would I still feel that way? Why would I bring drama? Why would I bring that pain back in my life that's just not here right now? I'm talking ideas, motivation. It's more than making enemies, my nigga. Oh, that's not your memo. They tell me why you constantly stressing on how you well connected like centipedes, my nigga. I function with you and you flaunt your pistol every second. Tell me how you pressed them at the Monte Cristo. Where's so-and-so from? And what neighborhood's beefing? Who baby mama's a rat? And who got killed last weekend? That shit is mad depressing, bringing me down. Speak on something with some substance that can get us both paid. Rather than telling me how these niggas jocking your style. Or his rims ain't bigger. Pussy nigga, I'ma cut you off. I let it go, man. And, and while I was out there, I was away from so much. Like, there was times when I just, I just didn't have it in me to hear it. Like, my... People would call me and they'd tell me about stuff that's going on. And I'm like, man, I don't even want to hear that stuff, dog. Man, you wouldn't believe what happened to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm, I'm good, man. I got a paper to do. I'm about to go head out to try something I did, didn't do. I'm about to go play flag football. I'm, I'm trying soccer for the first time. I'm running up sand dunes. Stuff that I never thought I'd see and things that my friends never even heard of. I want to experience this. Because just in case I go back home and I never see it again, I can say I did this. If you're here, if God gives you these different things, don't put up a wall. Don't be so caught up in being this person that you thought you were. You're not supposed to be just a sum of... That one moment, like once you get to 14, you stop growing. Like, no, you keep growing. Everything you add to it, like, hence the name. Like, everything you're supposed to add to it, you're supposed to grow, you're supposed to change, you're supposed to get better, you're supposed to progress. The language of love cannot be translated. That's one of those things that happens.
Love is blind, you just see bright light. Grew up in the club, feeling the nightlife, looking for the right type. Blood rushing to your heart, making the beat. When she swept you off your feet and made it complete. You know the plan, you had to conquer the world. Thinking you Scarface, looking for that perfect girl. And now you found her. Started with romantic, then got to frantic. Then things that's normally small become gigantic. Now y'all sinking like the Titanic, here comes the panic. Being with you like a habit, without you I can't stand it. It's tragic when you wonder when you lost that magic. Without understanding that you never had it, try to grab it in the bag. In another communication cut off, getting mad cause you turned on wondering when she shut off. Constantly comparing you to someone in my past. We don't smile anymore. Argue over cash, advance to that physical shit. See what happens if you keep talking. See what happens if you lay your finger on me. This song, Love Language, Love Speak Easy. Especially Love Speak Easy because it was just like an interlude. But this album changed the way I rap. This album made me actually speak on things as opposed to just what people wanted to hear is a certain level of like activism that I hadn't heard in my life before. My brother had bought it. He had bought it while we were actually in uh, Washington DC. We were still young, but he had bought it and I used to steal it. I used to borrow it, whatever. <laughs> I used to take his CD player and I would listen to it. And that song in particular changed the way I looked at women. Because up until then, unfortunately, my environment had told me that they were like objects. It's like, you get as many of them as you can. But when I heard this song, again, it was polar opposite to what I was exposed to. It was like, all my friends don't love women. They don't even call them women. They don't even call them girls. Like, I didn't even know what love was. Even from watching my parents, I didn't know what love was. parents were like partners. I never really seen too much PDA. My dad would be Valentine's Day, kiss on the cheek. Like, come in after work, hey babe, dad's kiss on the cheek. Wasn't really anything over the top. Wasn't no holding hands. He doesn't even walk with her. He walks ahead of her. He's like, he walks so fast that, you know, we all gotta catch up. Like, he was, that, that's what it was. And that's where I had a lot of my issues now that, that even though I'm engaged at this moment, I'm still tearing down certain things like this. She'll be like, oh, let's take pictures. I'm like, no, I don't want to take pictures. If I'm taking pictures, I'm not even smiling in the picture. Or, or just, just, just hold hands. You're like, what are we holding hands for? You know, like, like I'm, I've never been that person. But that's because of how I was raised. You know, like, this is like one of the first relationships that I had where I was like able to really love someone. And like I say in this song, I just start from the top. It said, love is blind, you just see bright light. You up in a club, feeling the nightlife, looking for the right type. Blood rushing to your heart and making it beat. When she swept you off your feet and it made it complete. You know the plan you had to conquer the world, thinking you Scarface. Looking for that perfect girl and now you found her. Started with romantic, then got to frantic. 
Then things that's normally small become gigantic. Now y'all sinking like the Titanic, here comes the panic. Being with you's like a habit and without you I can't stand it. It's tragic when you wonder when you lost that magic. Without understanding that you never had it, try to grab it in the bed to hit a nut off. Communication cut off, getting mad cause you turned on, wondering where she shut off. Constantly comparing you to someone in my past, we don't smile anymore and we argue over cash. Advance to that physical shit. See what happens if you keep talking. See what happens if you lay a finger on me, mother. You see what I'm saying? It's like one big mind game that everybody playing in. Niggas say bitches is trife. Bitches say niggas is. But we just don't understand our fundamental differences. I'm still learning though. Actually, I just do what comes naturally. 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 That verse stood out to be what guys or not even just guys, I think a lot of people go through coming into love for the first time. You don't really quite know what to expect. You don't know how heavy it is. And then you see how many layers to it it is. How sometimes, how you're not in control. I thought as far as like love goes, you know, when you looked at it on TV, it looks so perfect. You get the happily ever after and that's where it ends. And you're just, Forever and ever, that's how you do. But then you realize it's not. You realize it's complicated. You realize that you can't control who you love in that way. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense at all. You start doing things that you normally wouldn't do. You give this person this certain amount of control over your emotions that you wouldn't give anybody else. Like somebody else could just brush you off and you wouldn't care. But when this person brushes you off, it means the world to you. It's like, wow. You feel this way, like, you feel this way about me, and it makes me feel a certain way. It was something that I never never experienced it was like we used to brush it off we used to be so cold-hearted about love or about infatuation oh she doesn't like me whatever <laughs> next actually i may just hit on her friend just because but now it's like you care about this person you want the best for this person even if it doesn't make sense to everybody else and usually it doesn't usually everybody else will have a different layer of I wouldn't go through that. I wouldn't do that. No, you need to find somebody else. But when that person has you, you can't let it go. No matter how much of a fool you are for that person, you can't let it go. Or someone can do you so wrong, leave. You don't talk to them for months. At that moment, you say, like, I never talk to them ever again. Then they come back, and it's like, Maybe we'll try it again. You're willing to put it all out there. You give so much of yourself to someone. And then once you apply that to that type of relationship, it makes your friendships that much more because you start to treat them in the same way. Say, so you know what? It's a two-way street. Now I understand that I have to be there for my friends the way they're there for me. I have to be patient with my friends. I have to be patient with my girlfriend. I have to be trusting. I have to be able to say, 
I'll give you this responsibility to do right by me. And when I turn my back, I know you're going to do it. When you have that, it makes things that much more easier. It makes your life that much more fulfilled. Like I can't imagine a life without love. Love is the key component, I think, to everything. I think love is what's missing right now as far as like the stuff that's going on in the streets. There's a lot of people who haven't felt that. She say I love you so much that I hate you. My friends wonder why I date you. They say men are dogs. I ain't trying to train you. And I ain't trying to change you even though you think I am. I just wish you'd understand that I'm doing what I can to make you better. And deep inside of times when I'm sitting by your side, I still feel we ain't together. I know you need your space and it kills me when I give it. Sometimes I'll pay the price if that means you pay attention. But you don't even listen. You wonder why I'm Hip hop matters because it's allowing people to find a voice where they may not have yet been heard. Hip hop is more than just music to a lot of people, it's a way of life. And if you take away the way certain people live, and how else will they be living? I know for me personally, a life without hip hop isn't life at all. Let me tell you his yo. Look, he say I love you so much that I hate you. My mama wonder why I date you. They say girls are bitches. I ain't trying to change you to me. You can see I do the best that I can. It's hard when you trying to be a man. I'm learning on my own. Sometimes I need a minute to zone. Bet that even Luther couldn't turn this house to a home. And I deal with all your jealousy, all your insecurities. Girl, you must be deaf. I keep telling you it's you and me. Swear at times, feelings like it's me.